Calls them like I see them, alright? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. So I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for the rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the main event. This is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I am your co-host, Troy. With me today, it's Jason. What's up, Troy? Oh, nothing much. Hey, uh, I have a real quick question for What's you. What's that? Uh, I, there's, there's this weird little thing next to my my uh, YouTube video yeah. of, our, of our ugly mugs. Yes. Can, can you... Can you tell me what that, that is? That would be our live chat lounge, currently occupied by the man, Ken Lockhart, in the house. Uh, it's where you can uh, slide in. You can share your thoughts. It's easier than a DM, and it doesn't get you a sexually transmitted disease. You can uh, share us your, share your thoughts. Let us know what you think, and we'll tell you what we think of your comments. Uh, and as always, closing is optional. Good to hear. Good to hear. So we decided, uh, in the interest of of not making your life worse. We're going to try to shorten things up a little bit and not discuss about every goddamn thing that happened in wrestling because not everything that happened in wrestling is any good. So with that, we are going to go to our new segment, our main topic, the Perfect 10 discussion items. The Perfect 10. A 10. A 10. A fucking 10. So let's start things off. Jason, why can't Sasha have nice things? <sighs> yeah, um, it's interesting in the context, and I posted in our host thread, I'm sure, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I listened to Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast today as I put over other podcasts on our show again. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, she had a lot of comments to say, it was recorded prior to SummerSlam, about how in the past, the way they've booked her, the short title reigns, uh, the way they've really shown little confidence in her, has led her to have a real crisis of confidence in herself and her abilities. Um, it's very candid in the way she discussed it. Now, I'm wondering if somebody in the office heard that and that had something to do with why she lost the title again so quickly. Uh, oh, hey, it bothers you when we do that? Well, fuck you. Here, we're going to do it again. Um, I don't understand it because, to me, you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. Alexa's over. Alexa's going to be over whether she wins that match or not. Um, Sasha is now currently not a credible champion anymore. Next time she has the belt, not going to be credible. Um, and to me, the biggest failing of the entire thing is that, how do I put this? She is now what Alexa said she was. And that's the biggest problem because you had the heel go out there and the heel basically said, this person's a joke. Don't take them seriously. They can't defend the title. Now, the staple of the heel is that this is the person that fucking lies. 
except she went out and proved that everything she said was 100% true by beating Sasha, middle of the ring, perfectly clean, nothing, no, no cheating, no interference, no nothing, and all of this to get us to the Nia Jax program. Mm-hmm. We had the same type of thing with, with The Miz, where he was telling us truth, and we are like, wait, he's... No, yeah, that's not supposed to be how this goes. Um, yeah, this is one of those things that that stop, start and stop booking is is terrible for a wrestler who, you know, relies on people, you know, trusting in them. Uh, we're we're seeing it right now with Rusev, where he keeps having the same issue, where it's a lot of start and stop. It's a lot of, you know, him not being used in certain situations, and that that's detrimental to your talent. When you you know you look at some guys, it takes them a long time to build that confidence up again. Right now, I would I would assume that Sami Zayn probably thinks he's a big shit because of the fact that they don't seem to have any confidence in him at all. And when when management doesn't have confidence in you, you're not going to have confidence in the ring. You're not going to be able to put on as good as good of matches. You're not going to be able to do as well as your promos. You're going to have that nagging little feeling in the back of your head, that little voice in the back of your head saying, "Doesn't matter what I do, they're not going to like me." So I, I can see that with Sasha, somebody who was such a focal point at first. And, you know, yes, we, we had the, that odd feud, you know, with Charlotte. We were trading the belt back and forth. And, you know, for, for Charlotte, she might be feeling the same kind of thing right now on SmackDown, where she's just way off into the distance and, and away from the title picture as well. So I'd, I, th- this could be easily fixed with a long title reign. But considering what we've been hearing, you know, in some of the rumors, and you might have some of that in, in the news, I don't see them putting the belt on her for a long time. So I don't have any of those rumors, so if you want to go through them, feel free. Uh, the rumor, of course, being that Asuka's heading to Raw and that she, her dominant streak will continue up into grabbing that, that title belt real quickly uh, and, and running with it for a while. So Yeah, and, and the other part to me is when you look at these two shows, you have Becky and Charlotte on one show, you have Bailey and Sasha on the other show, and neither women's division is currently revolving around any of those women. Uh, mm-hmm. And to me, that's a big failing. I mean, Becky's barely been a factor since she lost the title to Alexa on SmackDown at all. Charlotte's obviously been dealing with her family issues, but even if she wasn't, I don't necessarily see where she would have been written into any of these storylines, except maybe to put over um, Natty, which, you know, God forbid. Um, <laughs> but you look at the women that they're choosing to build their Nia Jax? I'll give you Alexa, but Nia Jax, Naomi, yeah. Natalia, like, these are the girls you're building everything around. Carmella, okay, I'll give you Carmella because her mic work has, has been so good in this role as, as the chicken shit, money in the bank person. But for the rest of them, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't. And the problem is is that, you know, we're not really focused on Carmella till she's got that belt, so... Uh, cash in would be nice. Um, just do it today. <laughs> just throw it up on WB.com. <laughs> just just get rid of that shit. Although I particularly did love, as you talked about Asuka this week on NXT, they had a big highlight saying, hey, tune in next week as Asuka discusses what her next move is, blah, blah, blah. Uh, fuckers, you already announced it on your app, on your website. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, everybody knows. Right. Well, you know, only 10 million, million people downloaded that app, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's a very slim amount of people that have actually seen that, so. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, Let's keep it negative here. We we finally see Mike Kanellis just so he can job to Bobby Roode. So, obviously, um, we talked about 
we talked a little bit about Mike Canales' problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this felt a lot like them kind of saying, hey, you fucked up, and we're going to make you feel like you fucked up. Uh, you know, shame on you for, you know, trying to work through injuries in this, this crazy business of ours by, you know, taking painkillers and then, you know, getting addicted to painkillers, you you know, even though half your fucking locker room was addicted to painkillers <laughs> during the Attitude Era, uh, as well as worse stuff than that. <laughs> uh, you know, this is another one of those situations where the guy needs some help and having him go out, it'd be much better to just take him off a of TV until he is better than to have him go out there during his recovery and just make him look like a joke. And I continue to be baffled by the Bobby Roode usage, too, because you're looking at now a guy who appears to be a face. By mm-hmm. all, From everything we're seeing, he's working against the heels. He's sort of playing to the crowd. And then you even go back on to this week's NXT, which was filmed after his debut last week, uh, and he's not really playing an asshole in his match with Roddy Strong, which was sort of the premise of their whole story. Uh, they kept the, the the anti-family stuff and the shitting on him stuff to a minimum, almost making Roddy look like the heel in that scenario. Um, and then that would continue when um, Drew McIntyre was jumped by the Dishonored, as I'm calling them, if they don't if they don't go with that one, they're idiots because it's a great name. Um, yeah. And Roddy just sat there and watched it happen, of course, feeling speculation he'll be the fourth member, but we'll see. Um, but in any event, Root is definitely being portrayed as the face now, and it's interesting to see if that will stay that way or if he is uh, just leading towards a big heel turn. But at this point, I don't understand what end you get from that, given that he's been a heel. Everyone knows him as a heel. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I I know that coming in they knew he was going to get that the the reaction he did considering the song how over it is and everything like that, um, but the, the fact that they're running with it is kind of interesting. Now, uh, you know there was a lot of talk of Rude taking over that spot that the Big Breakfast was going to have, but the Big Breakfast was a heel, so I thought that this was supposed to be like Bobby Rude coming up as the big heel on SmackDown with Shinsuke being the big face, but. Now you're going to have a situation where you've got Rude, Styles, and Shinsuke all as the top faces, and that's that's a lot of talent up top. But in terms of of heels, you really only got Kevin Owens. You don't really have anyone else who's a very big established heel. You could maybe throw Rusev in that, but you need to actually book him into something. Yeah. So the the balance is not there. Yeah, and you can look at the top guys in NXT, the the guys who have been at the top, and really, I mean. Who do we have? We have Nakamura. Okay, he's in the main event picture, sort of, but there's a lot of speculation he may be losing that spot to Randy Orton next week. Um, Mm -hmm. You have Finn Balor, who's now not even good enough to qualify for a program with with The Miz. You have Samoa Mm -hmm. Joe, who, granted, he got injured, but prior to being injured was probably going to be putting over John Cena on Raw. Um, Yep. So the top NXT guys, we've already talked about how the top NXT women are being used on the main roster. Uh, so I don't know how that speaks to your Oscar plans, uh, but yeah. the top men are not being used a whole lot better on NXT uh, on WWE in the main roster. Well, I mean, extend it out. Seth Rollins is a tag team champion. Sure. He's not. He's not in the main event. Uh, you know, Adrian Neville is a cruiserweight and Who? and feuding against and en- sorry Neville okay. is a cruiserweight and and, and feuding against Enzo. <laughs> you know, you've got Big E. Who you know, yeah, he's he's. He's in his position he's going to be in now for the rest of his career, probably. 
or at least the better part of it as as a multi-time tag team champion uh but you know i mean bo dallas is a lackey you know and and we've talked about those kind of issues before uh but yeah a lot of the nxt champions as well as the top guys i mean Sami Zayn isn't used anymore you know tyler breeze was a top heel and you know we still don't know who the fuck attacked them <laughs> you know uh you know, and and you got to see. Hey, I'm, st- I'm still waiting to find out like, who attacked Hideo Itami down at NXT. That's true. That's true. Uh, we're we're still waiting to see as well. You know what's what's going to happen when some of these other guys get called up? Because so far, I mean, there was a, there was a time last year where it was like everyone who was in the top spot was an NXT guy, and now those guys have yet again been kind of pushed back for a lot of the veterans or just guys that are really vascular. So, <laughs> you know, and you you look at it as well that, you know, AJ Styles is, you know, not really in the main event. You know, he's got the U.S. belt. You, you can say what you will about that. You know, the Miz obviously is still in that in that kind of weird raw situation where he's always, you know, like the eight o'clock guy or the nine o'clock guy. But he's never he's never the 10 o'clock guy, you know. Well, he was and for a while. I mean, when he had the belt, he was. Yeah. But again, you know, on SmackDown he was a he was a main eventer. On Raw he's he's upper mid card. But you know, yet again he's sitting there. And well, let let's just go ahead and segue into that from there. So we had a battle royal with Cheese <laughs> to determine who was going to be the be facing against the Miz. And we kind of knew going into this that there was there was three different storylines that were kind of getting thrown into this as well. You know, you got Balor Wyatt, you got Jason Jordan and the Miz, and you got the Clubs and the Hardys. And during the match, we saw, you know, Finn Balor was, came down to, I think, the final four, I want to say, uh, before he got derped out of the ring, thanks to Bray Wyatt. Uh, Jason Jordan was taking out the Miztourage. You know, the, the club and the Hardys kind of traded back and forth where, you know, they did actually get eliminated and everything of like that. And then out of nowhere, Jeff Hardy wins the match. And, you're, and, and I was sitting there going... Wait, I thought we were building. <laughs> I thought we were building a Jason Jordan feud feud with the Miz, and that Jeff Hardy is supposed kind of supposed to be against the club, but now he's going to face against Miz. Well, you got to keep in mind too. This is just a match for next week. This isn't even the program yeah. for the pay per view necessarily. So that is true. It could very easily be a case of um, they're going to have Hardy feud somehow. Keep in mind, Hardy. The Hardys have been teaming with Jason Jordan. Maybe Jason Jordan gets involved there with Matt to sort of neutralize the Miz Taraji, and that's where we end up going to the pay-per-view. It could just be a roadblock on the way to the story we're talking about. Um, but I did find it interesting. Uh, during that battle royal, there was a moment where Finn Balor sort of acknowledged the club, which we haven't really seen too much of on TV. Yes. Then when the lights yes, went out, them. <laughs> then when the lights went out and Bray showed up. He threw Finn Balor out. Then the lights went off again. I was afraid we were going to see Luke Harper and Eric Rowan show up, and then we were going to get that six-on-six mm-hmm. program. Um, now, there's a part of me that would be okay with that because it would sort of freshen up this angle because I don't think we really need to see Wyatt and Balor again um, mm-hmm. unless there's something sort of new about it. But um, I'm sort of glad for Rowan and Harper that they didn't, and we'll talk more about them a little bit later on in the news. Uh but I think they need to not be Wyatt's anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked really well for Braun Strowman. It's just that they don't have the booking over on SmackDown that they should. I, yes and no. I mean, we'll get there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, we'll see. Uh, the the problem is I think SmackDown just is hurt by the fact that it's only two hours in terms of how many how much talent they can get on TV on any given week. Yeah, we we we've talked to death about the 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 talent that can that gets left off off of SmackDown and and the the restraints that they have on there. But we did get Mike Canales this week. We did get, uh, albeit briefly, the uh, the perfect ten. The namesake yep. of this segment, Ty Dillinger, yep. um, which we'll talk about and we, in just a little bit. And we got Aiden English. We did, and Aiden English got a win. So uh, they yeah, are at go. least because you know who doesn't root for AIDS. Um, mm-hmm. We are speaking. Go ahead. But let's go ahead and 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 close out with uh, with the perfect ten there, uh, just to get him off the board here because we don't want to talk any longer than his match actually was. Uh, <laughs> perfect ten, losing in forty two seconds. I will say this. What I will say this. Mm-hmm. It was probably the most entertaining forty-two second match I've ever seen. Truthfully, it was booked really well. Uh, from Corbin pre-match telling us he's going to go be the one to accept the challenge, to Dillinger coming out, to Corbin being mad Dillinger stole it. Corbin attacks him. You assume that's the end of it. No, Dillinger gets back at it, takes Corbin out so he can get into the match. The match goes off, and I think they played it off really well because uh, he he. Dillinger played it off like he was desperate, like he knew, you know, Corbin was there to f it up at any given point, so he had to strike quickly. Got him up for his finisher. AJ reversed it. Really fucking cranked in that that calf crusher. Um, mm-hmm. So I I didn't think it, people will sit there and say, well, he lost in forty two seconds, but I think he was made to look pretty good in that forty two seconds in a weird kind of way. It's one of those situations where he he lost, but he didn't. You can't call that a clean loss. No. I mean, there was there was outside interference, to, you know, essentially, and it actually makes him look a little bit more smart. Not that he just like didn't pay attention to the big breakfast at all, wrestling the entire match, and then you know, right at the last second, he gets the big breakfast. Oh, oh I'm I'm gonna distract you, and then you're gonna lose by a roll up. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. It does make him look a little bit more smart that he actually kept his eye on on Corbin the entire time, and that's that's a feud that can do. That should be able to help both of those guys. Yeah, that sort of speaks to what we were talking about last week with the Cena and Cor- a couple weeks ago with the Cena and Corbin cash in, where Corbin played that he was distracted by Cena in his peripherals the whole time, and that was ultimately mm-hmm. what led to it. So those are subtle little things that that the performers can tell you with how they how they act in the ring that really make all the difference in the world. Sure, for sure. Okay, with that, let's go ahead. Can we go? Can I pick the I... next one? Because yeah, go I've, ahead. You are a co-host. Yes. Of this. <laughs> and I think number five we should save for the main event of this thing. We'll do that last. But um, yeah, because we talked about AJ really cranking in that uh, calf crusher, I think we should definitely talk about one of the bigger stories in the business this week that has nothing to do with the WWE, of course, that being uh, the altercation that occurred at Triple A's Triple Mania with Sexy Star and Rosemary. Uh, and for those of you who are oh, not my familiar – uh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were talking about me cranking it out while watching the main classic. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm with. I'm with you. Now. We'll, get I'm with there, you. we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. there. <laughs> no, we're gonna talk about this, this situation with Sexy Star because here's the thing. Um, and Sal brought this up in our host thread, so let's a little backstory and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, you must be living under a rock. It's been all over social media, but let me fill you in. Uh, there was a match at Triple Mania last weekend featuring Sexy Star. 
uh, Rosemary from GFW, and a couple other women. It was a four corners match. I forget the names of the other two. Um, one of the other women, apparently very good friends with Taya, who we've talked about on the show, her falling out with AAA and how they kind of screwed her over for her title, um, put the title on Sexy Star. One of the other girls who was friends with Taya apparently decided to start shooting during the match with Sexy Star. Now, when she shot with her, she basically, they were straight up. They went after each other, which in the business is a time-honored tradition. Guys shoot on each other in the ring, but you do it straight up. You both know what's going on. You have a chance to defend yourself. Um, later on in the match, now, I, I haven't seen the whole match in full disclosure, but from what I've seen later on in the match, Rosemary was not involved in any of this early shooting. Um, later on in the match, towards the finish, uh, Sexy Star has Rosemary in the cross arm breaker and gets the submission and then proceeds to legit just wrench the arm until apparently strained the tendons and could have been a whole lot worse. There was originally reports are tore a tricep or um, dislocated shoulder. Apparently those are not true, uh, just severely strained muscles. Still, the problem here is, and, and Sal brought it up in our host thread, oh, well, everyone's outraged about this, but what about JBL and the Blue Meanie? JBL and the Blue Meanie were straight up. JBL went at the mm -hmm. Blue Meanie. The Blue Meanie knew what was happening, had a chance to defend himself. The reason everyone's coming down on Sexy Star is because she didn't shoot on her in a manner where she could defend herself. She shot on her in a manner where Rosemary had given her her body for the finish, had given her her arm to work, put her trust in, in Sexy Star by giving up her body part, and Sexy Star violated that trust by attempting to severely injure this person. That is, that is breaking the code of the locker room. And I'm happy to see a lot of these guys, bigger stars, Cody Rhodes for one and a couple others, who have come out on social media and basically said, this girl's not going to be allowed in any locker room I work on or any show I'm on, or I'm not working it. Um, she's going to have a real hard time getting work in this business at this point. Uh, when you violate another, the trust of the locker room and of another competitor in a very public forum like that, it's very, very hard to correct that mistake with with the rest of the locker room and the other talent in the business. Yeah, and that's one of those. This is one of those things where there's a there's a huge difference between you know what we see when you know you when you got two hosses that are just beating the shit out of each other. Those are two guys that probably had a conversation before that, or at least have a mutual understanding with each other that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. You're gonna beat the fuck out of me. You know, we saw it with uh, with Brock Lesnar has done that with a couple of different matches where he just straight up tells you, just hit me, you know. Right. Um, you know, we had a little bit of it with where, uh, Chris Jericho and Shane McMahon where Shane was kind of going a little bit more too shooty and mm -hmm. Jericho kind of told him, relax, relax, you know. But, you know, the difference was is what happened was Shane relaxed. But also what the difference was is that those were punches. Those were those were laying in a little bit harder right. on moves to to do as right. this would be like if Daniel Bryan snapped and put somebody in the yes lock and then broke their fucking neck. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. There's nothing that you can do to defend yourself on that. And if if Rosemary wasn't sitting there and putting in like a Boston crab and wrenching back on the knee earlier in the match, there's no precedent for it as well. Exactly. You know? So when you've got somebody, you know, this is this is like if you if you're doing backyard wrestling with your buddy and, you know, you you hit him with a light tube and he hits you with a barbed wire baseball bat in the face. <laughs> you know, it's 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 not fair. Right. right. Like that's not that's not how things are supposed to work. And and yeah, I one of my favorite things is the fact that a couple of the people who had booked Sexy Star 
have canceled her appearance. Yeah, Rus- Russell and Circus, with very, very famously. <laughs> yeah. And they replaced her with yeah. Rosemary. Yeah, so yeah. very nice touch. Which is perfect. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only person that's come to Sexy Star's defense, obviously, is her sister, mm-hmm. which she's going to do. You know, and while that might, that's probably going to hurt her, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the long run, she probably cares more about being a, a sister to her sister. Right than to actually be a wrestler. And yeah, like you said, this is going to be one of those things where, you know, people didn't like working with Ming sometimes because he was a little too shooty at times. He never did anything this egregious. But yeah, there were some guys who would say, look, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to face that guy because he's too rough with me. You know? So yeah, Sexy Star actually issued a statement today uh, basically saying uh, it was translated from Spanish, so who knows how much of it is lost in translation, uh, but really mm-hmm. not seeming to apologize very much for it. The the crux of the biggest point was I'm going to continue to fight for those who have been abused. Like, you fucking abused this poor girl just last week. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say Rosemary can't defend herself because she's a world-class athlete, obviously. Very talented female wrestler. I don't think she gets quite the credit for how good she actually is. If you ever saw some of her stuff as Courtney Rush, um, she's very good. But, again, we talked about it. Dude. She she gave up her body. She trusted in Sexy Star, and Sexy Star violated it. Like This woman has no place in a, in a wrestling locker room at that point. Yeah, there's another aspect of it, of it as well, is that, you know, for, for workers who are independent workers who work a lot of different companies, they're usually going to have one or two that are like their main one and a couple other ones that they'll just do for, for fun or like that. Right. And if you've got if you've got somebody going into one that they, you know, like this was, was one of those kind of event things where you're like, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to maybe get my face out there a bit more. But my job is still with GFW. My job is with this. And if they're turning around and getting injured at these smaller ones, that can fuck up them on their larger indies that they're they're more, you know, getting more money from or have like a, a contract where they've got a TV schedule and stuff like that. That can hurt their chances. And if they're in the middle of a big push or something like that and they get hurt because somebody decides they want to make a name for themselves or somebody decides I'm just going to be a cunt to her. You know that that can cost her money. That can cost her a chance to re up, uh, you know, in negotiations and re up on contracts and things like that too. Well, it's also, of course, interesting to note that uh, GFW has had a working relationship with AAA uh, and mm. several other TNA stars, including DJZ and Andrew Revit, were down there on the same show. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this incident affects the working relationship that GFW has with AAA going forward. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why the the relationship between WWE and ECW back in the day started to wane a little bit because they were WWE was sending some of the guys down there and they were getting hurt or they were getting put into situations that could be detrimental to the WWE. And yeah, it, it can hurt relationships because workers go into business for themselves or do these same kind of things. Yeah. And if, yeah, if, I mean, if all of a sudden you're going to have GFW go, well, wait, you can't you can't take our women's champion and injure her down there or you can't take ec3 down there sure he can appear in like a talking segment but we're not gonna let you have him wrestle because we're too worried that you know Mm -hmm. this guy is going to rip his face off right Uh, yeah and it's interesting i came up in the indies at a time when wwe was still lending talent out to the indies i know up here Mm -hmm. in new england and if you've listened to the rundown sit down it's been talked about a couple times with a couple of the guests um Tony Rumble was a very famous promoter up here, had a very good relationship with WWE, and they would send talent down to his shows to work. And 
a lot of people think injuries are the real reason that people, and to a degree they're correct, but they're not correct for the reason they think. It's not so much injuries from the other workers. It's they can't regulate the rings that these guys are working in. And a lot of times those rings are not as, uh, how we say, well-maintained as a WWE ring, uh, which can mm-hmm. lead to some definite injuries and problems. And I've been on some shows with some rings that were a little less than, you know, <laughs> kosher, if you will, held together by string and bailing wire at times. Uh, so I can certainly speak to that fact being true. But this is not a case of that stuff. This is a case of we have a working relationship with you. We sent our talent to work with your talent, and your talent intentionally tried to injure somebody that we're, we have plans creatively for. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be a real tough pill to swallow. And Dorian Roldan, who runs AAA, uh, already has a bad reputation with a lot of people. Uh, Conan specifically, who ironically works with GFW now, uh, his crash promotion was basically born out of his hatred for Roldan uh, and his desire to get away from AAA and start his own promotion down mm-hmm. there in Mexico uh, and is doing very well for himself. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see where this goes from here because this is not going to be a quick one and done. There's going to be ramifications and repercussions from this incident for a while. Right. It's like it's like if Cam Newton decided, hey, I'm going to do a flag football thing to, to try to raise money for charity. And then I got my, my ACL blown out because it hit me in the legs. Yeah. You know, guess what? He's not going to show up. next right. time. Yeah. Next time you're doing a charity, Carolina is not going to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to come. I'll 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 appear via Skype. I'll do that. <laughs> <for you. laughs> and I'll give you the wrong oh. Skype number, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's good. It's gonna be fucking chapter bait. All right, so uh, Cam Soda. Move, yeah, there you go. Move, moving on here. Uh, just because I want to get this one out of the way, what's Ziggler's problem? My problem is I don't care about Dolph Ziggler. Um, I find it interesting that he's sort of shitting on other members of the roster in the process of putting this character over. Uh, you know, he's talking about fur coats and glow sticks and. Clearly, you can tell the people he's sort of mocking with his with this gimmick. Uh, I don't know where it's going, but knowing the rest of Ziggler's career, I'm going to guess it's not going anywhere because that's usually what happens with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about the start and stop booking. You want to talk about people not having confidence in, in anyone anymore. That's Dolph Ziggler to a T. Yep. He's in this position now because management looks at him and go, that's a good hand. That's a guy who is a great enhancement talent. That's a guy who can go out there and get the job done, but we don't want to rely on him. 100%. So he's always going to be he's always going to be stuck in that position of let's elevate him up, knock him back down, elevate him up. Let's let's just use him when we can. The same problem with the Big Show. The Big Show was another kind of guy who his character was ruined because they just kept doing it, and he just kept saying, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it," because he wanted to be a company man. So Ziggler's kind of the same way, and. This character of Ziggler shitting on other wrestlers doesn't feel that different from Ziggler talking about being disrespected by management. This feels like the exact same character he's been playing, where he's just angry Ziggler. Right. Oh boy. And I don't, I don't see this is going to lead to anything more. It's, it's to the point now where this guy has has done everything he possibly can to try to repackage himself. But the problem is that history is not on his side, and people don't really care about him anymore. Yeah, and, and they've got no one to blame for that apathy but themselves. I mean, the way they've yeah. made you think that they were going to do something with them only to tell you, ah, fuck you, no. Uh, it, it's just there's no reason to get behind this character anymore. There's nothing there. Yeah, we look at it from when when he cashed in the money in the bank. 
And it was such a huge moment. He got such a huge pop, and then they squandered it. Yeah, exactly. And that that was the beginning of the end for it. I, I think that's all we have to say because it's Dolph Ziggler. Well, so. and, and after he cashed in, he got the fucking concussion. And, of course, you know, if you yeah. get injured after Vince puts a belt on you, goddamn, pal, mm-hmm. we can't trust him to do anything. Yeah, they won't even let Daniel Bryan wrestle anymore because he got injured. <laughs> Actually, did you did you happen to speak, since we're going to go off on a small tangent here, since you brought it up, did you happen to hear uh, Daniel Bryan on the Edge and Christian show? I have I am I am almost to Adam levels of behind on podcasts for the week, <laughs> so I have not okay. yet. No, I would give I would give it a listen. I'm curious your thoughts because we've both been very outspoken in terms of of our feelings on if Daniel Bryan should be wrestling again. I listened to him tell his side of the story. And I've switched sides. I think he. Sh- I think this guy should be allowed to wrestle again. So, go check it out. And I'm curious. To, I'm curious to hear your feedback. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm on. I make a lot of jokes about it, obviously, because it's it's funny. It's 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 very easy to make jokes about it. But you know, it's it's like if you know if if somebody shot a hole through my hand and told me you can't you can't jerk off anymore. Well, I love jerking off. I'm gonna find a way to do it. That's what is happening with Daniel Bryan is he has a company that has so much so much liability attached to it and so much history of of mishandling injuries and stuff like that that they have no choice but to say, look, we can't do it because even though we don't even though we think there's a good chance that you won't get injured and you'll be fine, there's still that that small little chance that you might get paralyzed in the middle of the ring and we have to yet again be on the 24-hour news cycle of, you know, WWE put this guy out here even though they, they knew he was hurt and now he's paralyzed or he's dead and they have to deal with that. And that's the problem is he it's 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 their hands are tied from their aspect of it and Daniel Bryan has a different, you know, aspect of it where he feels, hey, I'm well enough. I mean, look, Santino Morella turned around he was told you can't come back. You got neck injuries. He wrestled a couple of, of events, uh, then retired it on on his own accord outside of WWE. But there was no way that he was going to be able to have a sustained run either. And since that very same thing, they just can't do it anymore. Christian probably would have wanted to have an unlice little run before his retirement. But the guy, if he would have got another concussion, he might have not been able to walk straight the rest of his life. Yeah, and so I, I haven't seen the Santino match. I've only seen pictures. I don't know how much he did or didn't do in terms of actual mm-hmm. work in the match. Because um, we've seen guys who have, quote unquote, come back in tag team matches, and you know, yeah, very protected in those scenarios. But uh, you know, we've also seen guys like Shawn Michaels who were told, "You're never going to wrestle again. Your back is never going to be okay enough to wrestle." Uh, mm-hmm. Come back and for a one off, and then turn that into six years of top level matches. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You we we hope for the best on Danny Bryan, and maybe he'll be able to go out there. And I'll be able to knock off the ring rust in, in ROH or, or New Japan or like that. Uh, then maybe come back for WWE for, you know, a couple more matches or something like that. By the, by that time, maybe they'll feel I'm going to do okay. one better. I think he's coming yeah. back to wrestle for WWE. I don't think he's going anywhere else. That, that that's, a, that's a very good possibility, too. It's just a matter of if they give it enough time, this might actually be very beneficial for him. He might be able to heal fully up because otherwise he'd want to go right back into it again. And this is the guy who came back from an injury and said, hey, Luke Harper, drop me on my fucking neck so I can make sure that it's okay. And guess what happened? He got dropped on his fucking neck and got hurt. <laughs> this, this, might be, this might be them turning around and being like, this is for your own good. 
if we give you two years off of wrestling, maybe your fucking stack of dimes neck will heal up enough that you'll be able to go back out there and wrestle again. I don't know. We'll see. There's still time. Uh, but speaking of tag teams. Are we talking about more page videos? or? Eh, you know, I mean, that, that I, that's what I use to jerk off to. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought so, oh, we were talking about the Mayhem we, Classic then. Oh no no we're 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 getting there oh, it's okay. it's it's coming. <laughs> uh, so I see uh, what Chad you did Gable there. and Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> yeah, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin took on the Ascension in a, a decent match. Uh, the crowd was really behind Shelton Benjamin, and um, <laughs> Chad Gable was just kind of there. Mm. Uh, and we didn't see any of the of the kind of dissension that we had sort of teased last right. week, but it's the first match. You know, we got to build up these two so that way it does. It isn't just that like the first match, Shelton Benjamin turns on Gable and nobody cares. They want to use Shelton Benjamin to make people care about Chad Gable again, because Gable is, by all accounts, the better member of American Alpha. It's just that he, he because of a rib, he he didn't get the push over on Raw. Well, he he may be a star on two or five live someday. I don't know how much Vince is gonna. Oh, I mean, yeah. You look at just next to Shelton, he looks like a child. Um, he does. It's sort of scary. But can we get to the fact, is there anything more Vince McMahon than like, all right, Vince, uh, we're going to move Jason Jordan over to Raw. Um, what do you want to do with Gable? Do you want to give him a singles push? Or... <sighs> goddamn, pal. There's got to be some black guy we can swap in there. One black guy for another fucking. Uh, goddamn, what do we got? Do we got a fucking Titus? Titus going to team? No, fucking Titus can't team him. He's doing that fucking thing with the other guy. Uh, he's doing that thing with Nakamura. No, um, no. Titus, Titus is on 205 Live now. No, he's, we got to get. Uh, fucking, uh, we got to get somebody else. Let's see you. What's uh, fucking. Uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, the guy. Uh, the guy we I'm used to Johnson. Have. <laughs> yeah, well, what's that guy? No. Uh, but literally, I mean, it's just like the, the same team. I, I did. I'm glad they didn't do, use the American Alpha name or music, mm. and they sort of differentiated them. I sort of liked the new music. I thought that was kind of cool. By the way, shout out to them for updating Jason Jordan's music too, because it was much better this week than it has been, and it was a much mm-hmm. needed change. Um, but. You're certainly keeping the dynamic going that Chad Gable had before visually. You know, big, talented, wrestling, African-American guy as his tag team partner. Um, it really sort of reeks of, you know, just swap one for the other, which is not a good look on the company. Yeah. yeah. I will say this. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking up uh, both of our members here, and Chad Gable – he felt two hundred and two pounds, so he could be a cruiserweight. There you go. Uh, he uh, he is also an entire white man's penis smaller than Shelton Benjamin, <laughs> a good six inches. So, <laughs> oh, it looked like more than that. It looked like a foot and something. So it it did, but uh, it, in, at least in terms of what they claim is the sizes of Chad. Oh well, that's Chad just all, that's work. Fuck that. That's not even true. Yeah, yeah. I would Shelton venture Benjamin's to guess six. that Chad Gable's smaller than Daniel Bryan. Put it that way. So Chad Gable is listed at five eight. So what is Daniel Bryan listed as? I know this is riveting listening to me look at Wikipedia, <laughs> but uh, let's see. Daniel Bryan is listed as five ten. So Chad Gable's smaller than Daniel yeah, Bryan. See, told you. And that, Daniel I, Bryan, two hundred ten pounds though, so not not a cruiserweight. No. Finn Balor is a cruiserweight. I don't know if they list him as one. But. <laughs> let's see what they claim for Finn Balor. 
Finn Phineas Baller is 5'11 and 190 pounds. <laughs> 190. <laughs> so yeah. This has been How Much Does That Guy Weigh with Troy. <laughs> I think we have a new game for next time we have another co-host. On. So, ooh, there we go. All <laughs> right, so moving on. Let's go ahead and round out SmackDown here. Uh, I don't know if I want to say this fat joke that you put in here. <laughs> Which fat joke? But, oh, uh, okay. I'll, put, I'll say that. Oh, Kevin Owens thought right, that stripes ahead. were slimming, so he became a referee. Um, look... <laughs> This is an interesting segment for a lot of reasons. Um, mostly because Kevin Owens was fucking great, as Kevin Owens is wont to be. Um, mm-hmm. But I love the fact that Kevin Owens goes in and basically does the same fucking thing Shane McMahon did. And then Shane McMahon's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Well, why the fuck can't he do it? But, why, but you mm-hmm. fucking did it? Um, I also love the fact that Apparently, like, the timekeeper and ring announcer were cool with this. They just, like, Kevin Owens calls for the bell and fucking ring the bell, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a little weird in the way they did it. Um, I just love that Kevin Owens just gets in the ring and tells the referee to take his shirt off, and he does. And Kevin Owens just yeah. puts it on and it happens to fit, which I thought was great, too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just thought I, I enjoyed the whole segment in spite of myself. Like, I know it wasn't written very well but i think he just manages to continue to make chicken salad out of chicken shit that's what's going to keep him employed you know and it's also good what's going to keep him up top is this is a guy who you know much like we've seen with some other other guys has been able to take less than satisfactory storylines and make them much better uh and there are other guys who can take less than satisfactory storylines and make them much worse. So the fact that Kevin is able to keep doing this, and the fact that this this is still one of the more interesting ones, despite the fact that it's got Shane McMahon in it, which normally we would be we'd be bitching about, right? About the fact that Shane McMahon is is a, a central point to this thing, but that is is gonna be a really really anticipated match between those two guys because you know we know what Shane can do, and who who knows what uh, what, what Owens can bring out with out with him. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Let's keep it going, uh, and and let's keep doing things like this. I mean, this it's been a long time since we've seen storylines progress because of special guest referees and you know involved in things and you know and and trying to keep keep them apart a little bit more instead of just being like, oh well, here's here's the match. I know you're gonna see it in like a week, but fuck it, we got nothing else going on. Here's the match. <laughs> um, I'm not thrilled about the fact that, like, I feel sorry in a sense for AJ Styles. He had this shitty sort of way less than it should have been program with Kevin Owens that ended up being more about Shane McMahon than either of the two principals in the match. Um, And now he's moving on to trying to, and this whole thing with Corbin absolutely reeks to me of Vince going, all right, let's fucking see if this guy can get a good match out of him. Because if AJ can't get a good match out of him, then he's fucking done. Uh, And that's exactly what this sounds like to me. But, uh, you sort of feel bad for AJ when you look at the talent on that roster that he could be working with on a regular basis, and you saw uh, just a sliver of what he could be doing with a guy like Dillinger, and he's stuck doing shit with Corbin. Sucks for him. Owen's same boat. Now he's off doing it. He's going to be doing a program with Shane McMahon instead of you know competing for the title and feuding with Nakamura. And, and fuck SmackDown, and I know you hate when I talk about this live TV gimmick, but... Look at what they've done with Nakamura on TV. You have the first Cena-Nakamura match given away on TV. No pay-per-view, no build. The first Nakamura-Owens match, 
free TV, given away, no build. And next week, the first Nakamura-Orton match, given away, free TV, no build. They're burning through all the cool matches they could do with Nakamura and doing them with very little consequence. Yeah, and that's another one of those things where we have guys that you're not using that you could put into matches in order to, you know, instead of doing that, you could have Shinsuke take on Eric Rowan and have Randy Orton interfere or things like, the, you know, those kinds of things to, in order to build storylines. It's it's lazy writing to just be like, all right, well, let's just do this fucking match because it's cool and maybe we'll get some eyes on it, but who cares that, you know, it's it it's going to make it that it doesn't feel as special the first time you see it because here it is just... And on a random fucking July 31st episode of SmackDown, you know, whereas you want to have these matches where people can go, oh, yeah, that do you remember that match that they had at No Way Out? Oh, that was fucking great. Let's pop it on the network. Yeah. And so they got to be like, what What the fuck day was it that the two of them fought each other on SmackDown? Right. Shit. Um, boy. Well, I mean, you just look so. at the No Mercy card as opposed to the SummerSlam and WrestleMania cards. It's so far the better fucking show than the two biggest shows of your year. Mm hmm. Yeah, and part of that is you know football, but um, sure you know part of it is as well that part of it is reason. SummerSlam, yeah, SummerSlam again is one of those ones where like, much like WrestleMania that they're trying to bring in you know some other eyes to the product, and maybe it's not as much for us as it should be. But eh, what are you gonna do? We'll see. All right, so. Uh, we got two more to talk about, so get your pants off. Let's talk about the Mae Young Classic. Now, have you seen the Mae Young Classic, any of the episodes yet, Troy? No, I intend okay. to try to watch it this coming next week. Okay. Well, the, the second slot, I believe, drops Monday night after after Raw, so you'll have, uh, come Monday, mm -hmm. you'll have the entire first run right up to the finals. Uh, so I don't want to get into too much. I don't want to spoil too much of it for you even though I know you already know the results, as you've given away some of them <laughs> to the rest of us. Mm -hmm. um, that's, what my, that's my job. Oh, yes. But in any event, uh, some interesting thoughts coming out of the first one. Um, I, I love the Jazzy Gabbert versus, um, uh, what name are they making her use now? Uh, Abby Lath match, Kimberly. Yep. Um, it was tremendous. It was very physical, very hard-hitting, uh, very good storytelling within the match. I very much enjoyed that one. Um, there were a lot of very kind of matches in this thing. I wasn't overly impressed. Uh, Marty Bell, I thought, looked horrible. Uh, I'm interested to see when you actually check that out. And I'm not surprised. I'm not a Marty Bell fan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you're going to select girls for this thing, it's got to be girls who are... Um, able to compete at that level shall we say yeah um, i did find it interesting and you talked about when you were spoiling it some of the uh surprise mm -hmm. upsets in in the first round and there were a few um again without getting into specifics some that I, I really question why they did it that way uh i can say that sarah logan might be my new crush uh incredibly attractive at her promo work was really good and her in-ring work was great uh i only wish i was going to get to see more of it um then add to that the fact that none of these girls are really working heel there are a few that are kind of like i'm not shaking your hand at the beginning of the match but that's pretty much the end of the heel work um mm -hmm. not really establishing it it's a it's a, it is a very nxt crowd in terms of let's go so and so let's go so and so uh but still 
I would like to see more of your your classic heel personas coming through for some of these women. Um, and then add to that fact, nobody's working outside the ring. Literally, the entire yeah. match is on the inside. Because, you know, women don't ever fight outside the ring. So it's been a little yeah. weird in the way it's been booked for me. Uh, there were some real standout matches, um, including the final match, Kyrie Sane versus Tessa Blanchard, another one of those why are these two fighting in the first round kind of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, that was tremendous, and the Abby Lath jazzy Gabbert match was probably right up there with me in, in terms of the second favorite match. Um, but Mercedes Martinez was really good. There's a bunch of go- girls in there who are very talented, and I think as the rounds progress and you get into some of these you know, more elite matches, Things are going to get even better. Uh, not a big fan of Lita on commentary. Uh, her and JR seem to have really no chemistry together as an announced team, and it was their first real shot at it. Apparently Medusa was involved, but there was a technical glitch, and they had to go back and re-record it, and she wasn't available for, for this round of things. So she may show up for the next set of, of released uh, episodes. I don't know. But uh, so oh, I I really hope that they reference her being in the first couple episodes. They did at one point. He said for... something about my colleague, our colleague Medusa. <laughs> Jesus, great! That's what I like to hear. All right, all right. So with that, I think it's time that. for the main event. Okay, I'm done with that other thing I was working on. So now. I thought I thought that that was what was going on. That was what was going on. All right. I think so, I held it down pretty so, well, given that I was doing that at the same time. Yeah, that was and good. Everyone at home uh, thinks I was just, jerking off right now. No, I was actually doing a fantasy football draft at the same time I was doing the show. And I drafted a hell of a team and uh, still managed to bring some grade-A wrestling talk here to the rundown. So multitasking. There we go. All right. So the main event of our of our Perfect Ten discussion topics Mr. John Cena and Roman Reigns had a little bit of a a fight of words. The two of them did a work shoot on each other um, in which um, this was... No, no, it was real. Uh, They wouldn't say these kinds of things. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah, so a couple of the lines that, uh, that stood out to me obviously were... You know, Cena, Cena with his drop the bike moment of I do this better part time than you do it full time. Yeah. Um, you know, Cena referencing the fact that uh, he's still here because Roman Reigns can't do his job. That was the line uh, for me. That well, was the that was the most scathing one of the whole thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Roman didn't have really really much of a rebuttal on a lot of this stuff. Uh, I felt that his his comebacks were a little weak, uh, and and part of the issue is is that. Cena's able to take a little bit of it, of his own heat off of himself just by the fact that he himself will he's he's very self-deprecating as well in his promos. So a lot of the things that you say about him, you know, being a part-timer and things like that, he's already kind of said about himself. So um and at this point, I mean, you know, we the just referencing the fact that he's a part-timer is not that big a thing. Him them referencing the fact that he's he's burying young talent I mean, you might be able to say yes. He he might have been a little bit of 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 a part of the Baron Corbin thing, but that's not that's not really true anymore. You know, did did he at one point in time bury younger talent? Yes, rather it was his fault or not. But has he done it recently? No, he he hasn't because he's he's completely adjusted the his his standing in the company and his situational 
you know that he's used he's he's been used to put over younger talent you know i mean and he's been used to put over new talent like aj styles you know uh so that didn't really ring as true as it probably should have you know yeah it, it's, it's sort been of, years uh, really since we've had him yeah, I sort of equate it to. Do you remember that movie Eminem did Eight, eight Mile several years back? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a final scene, a final battle rap where Eminem basically gets up there and says, uh, "I'm a bum. I live in a trailer with my mom. You fucked my girl. Blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. And then hands the mic to the guy and go, "Okay, now tell these people there's something they don't know about me." Yeah, and the guy's got nothing yeah. to say. And that sort right. of is the uh, the thing that I saw with um, with Reigns and Cena. Was Cena just basically ran down? Listen, this is all the shit people say about me. And, uh, okay, now yeah. what else what, what, what can you add to it? And yeah. sort of I, I rain, all Reigns had was, you know, you're a part-time and bitch. And yeah. it, it was a nice line because it sounded, you know, oh, my God, that's not PG. So that gets over nowadays when people sort of. But <laughs> I, I sort of appreciated the fact that Cena. I, I have a question for you because this has kind of rattled around in my head since then. The moment that a lot of people are talking about where Roman very clearly forgot his line and mm-hmm. Cena called him out and said, listen, big dog, it's called a promo. You're going to have to learn how to do him if you want to be a top guy kind of deal. That's mm-hmm. almost struck me as a worked thing. Did, did that come across to you as legit or did you feel like that was sort of worked in there on purpose? Um, it's, it's tough because it, it was pretty convincing. But at the same time, I I feel like Roman hasn't really had that problem before. Mm-hmm. He's always been, I mean, it can happen to anybody, but sure. he's always been pretty good about remembering his lines and things like that. And yeah, I, I could see them doing something like that to, to make, because right now, I mean, obviously they're trying to make Cena, they, they want Cena to win this battle, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, Cena, that, that's his strength. He can talk. Right. So Cena can win the battle of the words. And Roman can back it up with his wrestling ability and his strength. So I, I, I could see that being something that they just worked in there. Um, you know, on on top of that as well, you know, the people who are sitting there and saying, "Oh, it's a, it's a shoot, it's a shoot." Listen, if it was a shoot, Cena would have been bringing up the fact that Roman Reigns was on Adderall, and Reigns <laughs> would have been bringing up the fact that bringing up the fact that John Cena cheated on his girlfriend. And then cheated on that girlfriend with another person, and was married before, and uh, and some of the the problems that he had with banging banging the, uh, uh, people back when he was younger. But that's that behind the locker room up, stuff. So. That's stuff they wouldn't bring out in public, even exactly, then. exactly. Um, but you know. in any event, I thought this program was. I thought this promo was great. I thought they were attempting to recapture some of the Rock and Cena stuff. Um, you know, Roman's not the Rock. Let's be honest. He's not the Rock on the mic. He's not the Rock in stature. Uh, this match ha- is not going to have the same sort of anticipation that one did, mostly because we're only waiting three weeks as opposed to an entire year to get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. plus, plus, I'm looking not forward going to, to be this match. you know twice in a lifetime. This is to me a match I'm very much looking forward to. Um, we'll get to predictions a couple weeks from now, and, and I'm interested to hear you know how other people think this is going to play out. But I, I loved this opening salvo. I thought it was a tremendous way to start this bit off. I would have preferred to sort of end it without the tag team match. Um, just sort of have them face off, square off. But I also like the fact that they're not getting physical with each other yet. 
let's save that let's keep this because again we're living in a world where this is something very rare it's special we haven't seen it before Strowman and Lesnar same deal let's keep them apart let's keep them let's keep the physicality to a minimum until we get to this match um, so I'm glad they're doing that at least but mm -hmm. uh, yeah I'm very much looking forward to this and I think next week we're probably going to see some sort of a segment or a gimmick where Roman kind of comes out on top because I thought Cena came out on top this week by design and I think next week Roman comes out on top yeah for sure the, I, I couldn't agree more with that that sentiment um yeah, it was it was good. I'm I'm interested to see where we go from here. And was it um, did, so? You know, on the scale of promos we've seen this year, would that be at the top of your list? Um, not at the tippy top. It was good. I I enjoyed it. Can you um, think of some, one that you enjoyed? Can you think of a better one off the top of your head? Because I, I had a hard time coming up with with another one that I liked that much. I mean, Festival of Friendship, probably. Yeah. Maybe that promo afterwards that. with Owen and Owens in the spotlight. Mm hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I I really liked the Miz on uh, this past Monday as well, though. His his promo, you know, towards toward, towards Angle was good. Oh, can we uh, talk about that, that for a I, second? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know him. Him yet again telling the truth on things, saying, "Hey, you know, I'm being disrespected because you know my belt wasn't on the line. The the lineage of the Intercontinental Belt is being disrespected as well, because it was." Um, Angle kind of ruins that segment a little bit um, because uh, it was a it was it was a very weird first line that he had. Where he says, "I was actually coming out here to to give it the respect that it deserved." It's just angle for me isn't working yet, and still isn't working. I thought this was the most um, uh, loose that he seemed so far, though. I thought it was one of his less wooden performances. Yeah, but it still it still just didn't doesn't feel organic to me. Um, I will say he was probably the best, probably one of the better parts of the Cena and Reigns just because of the facial expressions he was making in the background <laughs> <laughs> as he was reacting to everything being said. And going, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, but you had, you had something to say about the Miz. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if it was done intentionally because you're sort of playing out the disrespect angle, but I thought they left him to look like a fucking idiot. Uh, you, you open the show, his music's playing and then you cut to the, and he's standing in the ring like an idiot, not saying or doing anything. And then you get take the time to cut to the announcers who are do their whole intros. Like you couldn't like do the announcer intros, then have the Miz and his boys come out so they're not just standing there like morons with their music playing, waiting for fucking, you know, Michael Cole to say, Hey, I'm Michael Cole and it just it struck me as really uncomfortable and just made the Miz look less than. And maybe that was the intent and maybe I'm, you know, falling for the rib here, but it just seemed like it was sort of a shitty way to book somebody who's supposed to be one of your top guys. This is a little bit of laziness from the from the producers, I think, because they 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 have this sort of like um, template that they look at for the shows, 
and you know they 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 went towards more towards this after we lost the authority because it used to be the authority would come out they'd start the show and then after that you'd get the announcers be like or or during their entrance would kind of be saying hey you know it was monday night raw we're live from Topeka, kansas and we got the 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 triple h and stuff in the ring and then they would talk right you know they would do it really quickly and, and now it's like we've got such a template for this thing where it's like all right, we have to do this. We have to announce the city. We've, you know, we've got to announce the hashtag so people can can go on Twitter about us and things like that. And and they they build those subs into a corner where, yeah, like you said, it does make them feel a little stupid that he would come out there and just be like, you know, they could have done a lot differently. They could have had an intro. You know, they could have had a match to start it off and have him and the Mistaraj break up that match and then do his, you know, his opening promo there. Yeah, there's different ways they could have done it. For sure. All right. Anything else to say about uh, um, Cena and uh, the Rock Light? I think we've covered it all, but I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. All right. Perfect. Well, with that, let's head on over to the news desk. And leading off the news this week, some some happy news, I guess, to pass along. It feels like it's been a while since we've let off with some good news. But WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair posted his first message on social media since his health scare earlier this month, saying, quote, sometimes you have to get knocked down lower than you have ever been to stand up taller than you ever were. Uh, that's what he wrote on Twitter, followed by Nate will be back. Uh, Flair's fiance posted an update on his health on Monday, saying he's doing very well for a man who underwent emergency surgery and was fighting for his life just two weeks ago. Wendy Barlow wrote on Facebook, I wanted to update everyone on Rick's progress. As so many people have been reaching out and offering their prayers and support, he's doing very well for a man who has been through so much. He will begin physical therapy shortly and will be stronger than ever and back out enjoying all the fans sooner than you would think. I can honestly say I have witnessed a miracle, end quote. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported after Raw on the Wrestling Observer Radio that Flair is no longer bedridden. It was noted that while he's out of the water, he still has a long way to go. Uh, so personally, as a fan growing up, I'm very happy to see that that, uh, Rick Flair kicked out at two one more time. Ladies, I just want to say I can't do a Rick Flair. <laughs> <laughs> um, we touched on this a little bit, but it, we'll go through it anyway. Uh, as reported Thursday night, Oscar relinquished her NXT Women's Championship to William Regal at Full Sail University. It hasn't aired yet. It will air apparently now next week. They changed the scheduling. Uh, Asuka suffered a collarbone injury during her match against Amber Moon at TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Uh, and as a result, had to vacate the NXT Women's Championship. The segment should air next week. Uh, Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio that the WWE officials are continuing, are, I'm sorry, considering having the winner of the Mae Young Classic be crowned the new NXT Women's Champion. The finals are scheduled to take place live from Las Vegas on Tuesday, September 12th, after SmackDown Live goes off the air. Uh, Asuka, for her part, is headed to the main roster as NXT General Manager William Regal said he is negotiating with both Raw and SmackDown to bring her to one of those brands. I didn't know he was her agent. Oscar uh, is expected to be out of action with the injury for six to eight weeks. According to James McKenna of Pro Wrestling Sheet, Asuka is slated to make her first 
first official main roster appearance at TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, on October 22nd at the Target Center in Minnesota. This is, interestingly enough, a Raw-branded pay-per-view. Uh, she has appeared on a few select main roster live events in the past, but she was considered an NXT superstar at the time, so TLC will be her first official main roster appearance. Now, we talked about the Asuka sort of stuff here. Um, the thing I wanted to touch on just a second is that whole concept that the winner of the Mae Young Classic might be given the NXT Championship, which to me sort of devalues that championship because Ember Moon wasn't in this tournament, Peyton Royce wasn't in this tournament, Billy Kay wasn't in this tournament, uh, Liv Morgan wasn't in this And you're talking about the, the actual regular competitors who we have seen on NXT Sarah Logan and Lacey Evans, I think, were pretty much the only two mm -hmm. uh, NXT girls on there. So how are you going to say, we're going to take this tournament that doesn't feature any of our NXT stars of that division and then make it for the belt? And uh, by the way, all you other people who we didn't put in the tournament who are actually been on NXT for a while building characters, uh, Ruby Riot, uh, Ember Moon, sorry, you guys don't even get a shot to win it. I guess for me, if I was to put my fantasy booker hat on, I would say the winner of the May Young tournament gets to face a winner of maybe a battle royale from NXT for the NXT championship. Sure. But to just outright be like, here's here's the belt, even though you didn't really face any of our NXT people. Uh, yeah, that I'm with you on that. That doesn't really feel good. Yeah, I, I definitely hope that's not the route they go down, but it's the least creative way they could go. So I'm sure it's what they'll do. Uh, New Day may have lost the SmackDown Tag Team Championship at the SummerSlam kickoff show, but WWE officials have big plans in store for the trio. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, Meltzer notes that plans for the New Day to go down as one of the greatest tag teams in the company's history. The trio of Big E, Kofi, and Xavier already hold the record for the longest championship reign of any tag team, but company officials have eyes on making the New Day a, and having them break another record as he is reporting that they want to establish the New Day as the great uh, blah, 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 by having them eventually hold the titles more times than any other team in history. The Hardys, Edge, and, the Hardys and Edge and Christian have each held the title seven times, while the Dudleys have had nine. The New Day has held the three incarnations of the titles, the Tag Team Championship, uh, then later became the Raw Tag Team Championship, and the SmackDown Championship. The Usos, interestingly enough, actually have more reigns as of now with their fourth starting at SummerSlam. Uh, Xavier Woods also held a TNA Tag Team Championship with Jay Lethal, while Kofi Kingston has held tag team titles with CM Punk, Evan Bourne, and R-Truth. Which begs the question, uh, what was your favorite Kofi Kingston-R-Truth tag team match? That's the one I constantly forget that they actually were tag team champions <laughs> together. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Don't, no, no, don't. I'll never bring it up. Okay. Uh, WWE reports Big Cass underwent successful surgery to repair an ACL tear in his left knee sustained during the Brooklyn street fight against Enzo Amore last week on Raw. The surgery was performed by Dr. Jeffrey Dugas Thursday night, and Cass has apparently already begun rehabilitation. He could be out of action for up to nine months, which would put his return in May, uh, probably landing him off WrestleMania. That's a tough, tough pill. Yeah, that sucks. And that uh, injury, there's a lot of knee injuries going around the, the last couple of weeks. So hopefully that's not a trend. I remember a couple of weeks, a couple, was it last year or the year before? It was like all shoulders. Everybody kept injuring their shoulder. Mm. This year it seems to be the knees. So hopefully we can uh, buck that trend soon and get the guys healthy because the product suffers when these best the best talents you have are not available. Uh, not that Cass is the best talent, but he was in the middle of a pretty right. decent push. So. 
or at the yeah. start of it. Plus, I say. yeah. Plus, knee injuries are, are are a lot worse than a shoulder injury is, especially for a big guy like him. Yeah, for big guys. Uh, speaking of big guys, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan have been stuck in some sort of limbo on SmackDown Live for the past couple months. The blue brand has had has been land of opportunity for a lot of guys, but it hasn't treated the former Wyatt family members particularly well. Heading into WrestleMania 13, Harper uh, 33, sorry, Harper was on the cusp of a huge babyface run in pursuit of the WWE Championship. All that momentum is now gone, and Harper has not appeared on SmackDown Live since July 4th in the Independence Day Battle Royal. Rowan's last television appearance also took place in the same Battle Royal. On a recent edition of the Sheet podcast, Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet said that the WWE is looking to repackage both Harper and Rowan with new personas. It was noted that these plans aren't 100%, and it is unclear if both men will receive their own gimmick, but the assumption is they will be reforming their partnership with something new. The reason for the potential change is because WWE officials want to distance the two from Bray Wyatt. Oh, that only took fucking five years to figure out. Uh, the belief is fans still see them and think of Wyatt. So clearly they're listening to this show because that's all I fucking said since they left the Wyatt family. Uh, during their absence, Harper and Rowan have continued to work live events and dark matches. Before SmackDown Live last week, Harper teamed with Sami Zayn, Ty Dillinger in a victory over Mike Kanellis and The Ascension. Uh, Ooh. Any ideas on how you repackage those two, though? You gotta uh, shave the clippers. beards, right? Yeah. Yep. That's the first. That's your first step, Clippers. Um, although, I mean, you know, I, I happen to like Luke, and I think the beard is is good on him. And Rowan would look really fucking funny <laughs> without any <laughs> hair at all. So I I have I have issues thinking that that's going to really work out very well. Um. But uh, who knows? I think that uh, you know that Harper has a better chance of of working out as a repackage mm-hmm. than you know the big red idiot. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, NXT superstar Tommaso Ciampa has undergone three surgeries in just twelve weeks, all performed by the aforementioned Dr. Jeff Dugas at Andrews Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center, in Birmingham, Alabama. The first surgery was on his right ankle. The second was on his right shoulder, and the third on his left shoulder. Interestingly enough, no ACL, which is what we heard he was out with. So um, he is expected. Also, what, what, how about how about some love for that right knee? <laughs> he is expected to be out for the rest of the year and the early months of 2018 as well. And certainly, uh, he's going to come back to a very hot angle whenever he does show up and, and inevitably attack uh, Johnny Gargano out of nowhere. Probably after Gargano wins a championship or some major match. Yeah. Sadly, by the time he comes back, people probably won't even remember what his fucking name is. <laughs> <laughs> well, after, but, hey, I'll always, I'll always remember you, Thomas Ochampa. Well, apparently in like two weeks, Ruby Riot grew an entire head of hair. So who knows what Tommaso Ciampa will have, you know, in about a year. She must, she must have, have to have like a standing appointment to get that bushwhacked then. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about her hair? Like, at, oh, I was talking about her. I was talking about her match. Okay. Because if her hair grows that fast... <laughs> All of her hair grows that fast. <laughs> oh, Ruby, Ruby Riot's in for her weekly shaving. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, God. Um, we already went over the sexy star Rosemary stuff, so I won't go into that too much. Uh, it was reported Monday afternoon that plans for Raw included a Samoa Joe facing John Cena in a one-on-one encounter. Obviously, that match did not happen. The word backstage is that Joe suffered some sort of a knee injury at Saturday's house show in Jonesboro, Arkansas, where he lost to Cena. Joe did not work Sunday's house show in Tupelo, Mississippi, as originally scheduled. 
The belief among some people in WWE is that Joe's injury could keep him sidelined for at least four weeks. WWE has not yet acknowledged the injury on television. Had the match gone down, it would have been their first ever singles match on WWE television. Before either were stars, the two faced off a few times in 2000 for Ultimate Pro Wrestling, a California-based independent pro wrestling company that operated from 1999 to 2007. They wrestled for the first time inside the WWE ring last Friday in Carbondale, Illinois, with Cena winning. Uh, we talked about the knee injuries going rampant, and it really sucks for Joe. He was really getting hot. Uh, and starting to be established as a top guy on Raw, which is a spot that not a lot of people thought he would eventually get to. Um, and a program with Cena, or even a run with Cena, could have been some real money for him. So uh, sucks to have this happen to him at this particular point. Yeah, very much so. Um, I, th- I think that he'll be fine, but yeah, taking him off, taking off the TV might actually be helpful to him. So we'll see. Well, he hasn't been on that um, long. It's not like he's oversaturated at this point. I, think, I, I worry about him losing steam at this point. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, you have him come back and, and rape Paul Heyman again. He'll be fine. <laughs> oh, that's a visual I don't need in my head. Uh, Xavier Woods injured his left knee during a match against Brizongo and SmackDown Tag Team Champions The Usos at Monday's live event in Texarkana, Arkansas. Uh, Woods provided an injury update on his knee during a live stream backstage at SmackDown Live on his Up, Up, Down, Down channel while playing Windjammers with Becky Lynch and Renee Young because if you were wondering where Becky Lynch has been, She's on up, up, down, down, so you should check that out. Uh, Wood said he suffered an MCL Wood said he suffered an MCL sprain. Lynch noted that she recently had a similar injury and that it shouldn't take longer than a month to heal. Lynch then added that she wrestled the whole time with the injury, essentially calling Xavier Woods a pussy. Uh, Woods didn't specify if he has a grade one or a grade two sprain. A grade one sprain can take up to a week to heal, while a grade two can take two to four weeks. Regardless, Woods shouldn't be out of action for very long. On SmackDown Live, he wore a brace on his leg while accompanying Big E and Kofi Kingston for their match against the Usos. The only reference to the injury was Woods wearing an It's Sore sign around his neck. So providing an update for all the fans. About <laughs> providing an update on his penis. <laughs> Oh, wow. This page back in the locker room? Oh, yeah. Hey. Uh, just a quick note, the top 10 of this year's PWI 500, as the whole list came out, you can go check it out online, but the top 10 this year, Kazuchika Okada, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Kenny Omega, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dean Ambrose, Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, and The Miz. Uh, somebody fairly well-known in the form of Joey Ryan weighed in on Twitter saying, kind of silly Cody Rhodes isn't in the PWI 500 top 10. He did Mania, Bound for Glory, Final Battle, and Wrestle Kingdom all in a calendar year that will never happen again. And I gotta say, Joey Ryan has a bit of a point there. Uh, Troy, of that top 10 list there, uh, who do you think is the least deserving of a top 10 spot? And who would you replace them with? Was it was it Dean Ambrose? What's that? I feel like it was Dean. It was it Dean Ambrose? I feel like okay. it was Dean Ambrose. Yep, number seven. <laughs> so I thought it was eight. And you would replace him with literally anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well there you go. Uh, by the way, quick shout out to our our fellow podcaster and, and a buddy of mine, the Kingpin Brian Malonis, number four twenty six in the PWI five hundred. So the Kingpin making moves, good Ooh. on him. Uh, once. So close. What's that? So close. <laughs> uh, 
I expect him to uh, to to move further up that list next year. Uh, that is going to do it for the news desk. Back to Troy. Alrighty then. So, with that, my thing is is gone. Where the fuck does it? Where is it go? There it is. Hey, I All think the right. formula worked. We we ran through this shit pretty good. We yeah, covered a lot of stuff and still got a pretty good time frame. That is true. Uh, go ahead and let us know uh, if you like the new form- format or if you, uh, you know, like us. And if you want us to just babble uh, on about everything that happened, uh, you know, let us know that. But uh, this more, you know, concise, tightened format, I think, will be tightened. appealing to a lot of people, including myself, because i got to edit this bitch. That's right. That's right. All right, so that does it for this Thursday, August 31st. That's right, tomorrow is September. It has been 151 days since Brock Lesnar won the Universal Championship from some old motherfucker. <laughs> Technically, Asuka is still the <laughs> NXT Women's Champion. Just saying. Till next week. That's true. That's true. All right, so let's, with that, let's go ahead and send it over to some of the local wrestling in your area. Jason, uh, what's going on with Liberty States? Well, Liberty States Wrestling presents Her You Missed Us. We're back on Saturday, September 9th from the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. The main event that night will feature Christian Casanova defending the Liberty States Heavyweight Championship against Dynamite Danny Miles, and that's going to be one I do not want to miss because those two guys are incredible. Uh, Todd Sopel will be defending his No Limits title in an open challenge. We will have a singles match between Josh Briggs and Xavier Bell. And if you're not familiar with Josh Briggs, go check this guy out because he's not going to be working in these very long, i got to tell you. Uh, the debuting Mike Russell will take on fabulous Johnny Vegas. Uh, Brett Domino will face D.L. Hurst in a New England Pro Wrestling Academy showcase match. Setherin will go one-on-one with Vern Vicalo, the selfie-made man. Also appearing on the show, Ilya Markopoulos, Robo the Punjabi Lion, The Clinic, Chris James, and many more. Tickets, just $10, general admission. Doors open at 9.30 with a bell time. I'm sorry, doors open at 6.30 p.m. with a bell time of 7. For more information, go to libertystateswrestling.com. And Troy, big things happening up in Brew City. Uh, What's going on with Brew City Wrestling, pal? Bruce City Wrestling presents Fall Frenzy. We had the name first, fuck you, on Friday, <laughs> September 15th at the Columbus Club of West Allis. Bell time is 7.30 p.m. Doors open at 6.45. Tickets are just $20 reserved front row, $18 general admission at the door, and $16 presale on BrewCityWrestling1.com. Tickets go on sale. So, oh, sorry. I should have taken that out. Tickets are already on sale. Get them now before they're gone. Then join us at the Slurp and Burp Funhouse. <laughs> to have an after-party celebration with the stars of Bruce City Wrestling. We have the brand-new Evil Sierra, the women's champion taking on Tess Valentine, and it's franchise versus franchise in the main event as the BCW franchise Evil Dis takes on the franchise Shane Douglas. More info coming soon. Follow them on Twitter at BCW Fandemonium or at BCW1 or go to the website BrewCityWrestling1 Dot com. Any truth to the uh, rumor that Bruce City Wrestling had plans to call the event, heard you missed us, you thought we were dead? Um, I cannot confirm or deny that. Okay. But you know what you but you know what 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 I can do? I can ask you what's going on with Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Okay, well Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to action at the Boys and Girls Club of Lower Merrimack Valley. 
Uh, it's September 26th, I believe. I actually left the date off because I am a professional. Uh, we return. I'm sorry, September 30th. I stand corrected. Uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns with another great night of wrestling action and featuring one of our biggest events of the year is the main event, the Gilbonk Invitational 20-Man Wrestle Royal. Two participants start. Every 90 seconds, another competitor enters the ring. Eliminations can happen via pinfall submission or by tossing someone over the top rope and both feet hitting the floor. The winner receiving the opportunity to challenge for any championship at any time that he or he sees fit. Perhaps she, who knows? Um, we're also going to have the Juggernaut John Poe in action, the brand-new tag team champions, the Maine State Posse, as well as the uh, the brand-new New England champion, the bitter one, Buddy Romano, will be in action, and our brand-new uh, APW Women's Champion, Adira. So congratulations to all those new champions. Last weekend was a big weekend for title changes in APW. We had a lot of them. All right. And finally... Lucky Pro Wrestling presents We Stole This Name from a Better Wrestling Organization Saturday, October 14th from the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts. Already signed for the first time ever, the ALPW tag titles will be online in a last team standing match. The Aristocrats defend against the heavy hitters, and this is the hitters' last chance at tag team gold in LPW. If they lose this match, they will never get another title shot ever, ever again. Also, Riot, Kellen Thomas will take on Big Jim Anderson, and also announced Brick Mastone will defend the Hard Knocks Championship against Cam Zagami, and the return of a fan favorite, Halloween Battle Royale. Davienne will defend her LPW Women's Championship in a four-way dance against Delmi Exo. Delmi Exo, Adira, and Asana. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I, I try my best. I try my best, but you know, if you spell your name fucking stupidly, people are going to misunderstand it. So... Yes. With that, did, that did, did, I'm sorry. Didn't you read Evil Dis earlier? I mean, D Y S. His name is Evil. His name is Evil Dis. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, mis- weirdly spelled names are not exclusive to New England professional wrestling, my friend. I know. I know. This is why I usually read I the know. New England promotions, and you read the Bruce City Wrestling ones. Mm-hmm. Well, there's all there's only one. I got to find another another Wisconsin one so I can throw it in there. There you go. What was the other oh, one? Oh right, uh, but with that, what was the other one that Aesop Mitchell told us he wrestled for? I forget. There was Brew City, and then there was another big one too, up there. We'll have to find probably that Badger. Out. What's that? Probably Badgerland. Probably Badgerland. No, that wasn't it. Uh, it was something I'll, else. We'll f- oh, figure it out. I'll look at. I'll look into it. I'll I'll throw it in here later. Okay. All right. So, um, hey, Jason, do yes. you like reading? Do you like books? I actually do. I just started a new book this week. Oh, do you like? reading books i do like to exercise my mind with a good read yes well fuck that shit because you can actually <laughs> listen to books on your favorite device head on over to audibletrial.com slash rundown for a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial how does amazon not hire us to do these reads for them like nationally <laughs> i don't know man i don't know because we're fucking good at it all right head on over to twitter and tell us what you think at rundown podcast Drop us an email, rundownwrestling at gmail.com, preferably with dick pic attached. <laughs> Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. That's 61rundown7. And you can be unlike Sal this week and actually leave us a voicemail because that motherfucker's slacking. <laughs> Find us on Facebook by searching Rundown Wrestling or going to facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. 
go over to YouTube. Um, I might be changing the <laughs> the, the logo <laughs> for our, our for our YouTube account weekly at this point now. <laughs> Head on over to youtube.com slash rundown podcast or search for rundown wrestling. Because if you search for just rundown, you're going to get a bunch of The Rock and Sean Michael or Sean William Scott, whatever the fuck is that? That's true. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation to the show, paypal.me slash rundown wrestling to make donations to the guy who isn't here anymore. Oh, by the way, uh, Troy, you... as we were talking prior to the show, I've been having a little bit of a digestive issue this week. Uh, is there anything you could recommend that might help me with that? Well, I guess if you're one of those losers who actually likes to read instead of listen to books, because uh, Andy will not send me a fucking free copy of this. <laughs> Go to tinyurl.com slash Distant Horizons to go and chase those Distant Horizons because the man, the myth, the legend, Andy Lister, has written a book, a chat book, and it's a bunch of poetry. And it's for Uranus. <laughs> the Red Eye Wrestling Podcast is a member of the Questionable Endeavor, Net- Endeavor Network, or as uh, Adam likes to call it, the first and only and the only one that matters, even though he's a shithead. Uh, so go over to <laughs> questendnetwork.com, head over to shadowvane.net to give some more support over to Andy. Follow Tuning Japanese on iTunes and Stitcher, the Raw Attitude Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, the Slasher Sanitarium on iTunes and Stitcher, Pwn Stars on iTunes and Potomatic, New Blood Rising on iTunes, Words of Geekdom on iTunes and Stitcher, or if you would like to check out some of the other fine shows available for the Questionable Network, stay tuned in to the Rundown Wrestling feed here because we've got awesome shows. We had the part two of the Jason Rubble uh, interview. And we had Nitromania with an actual special guest, which means that the show actually went longer <laughs> than 10 minutes. Which, But I understand. Look, look <laughs> I get it. I get it. The, the Nitromania podcast is perfect to listen to if you've got to take a really big shit. Because you're probably going to be done Man, I would love with to the do podcast that right before you're done taking a shit. But this time, this one's really funny because... The man himself, Henry Hugepex, the suplex throwing human duplex yeah, from the right attitude, Raw Attitude podcast, is on this most recent Nitromania yeah. podcast with Adam, the host that is no longer here. Yeah, and if you've ever desired to hear Henry Hugepex, the suplex throwing human duplex, give you his impression of Lex Luger's audio while selling, this is the episode you want to listen to. There you go. Uh, follow Quest and Network uh, at Quest and Network on Twitter. Go to questionnetwork.com or check out our Discord cord channel. Listen and to our uh, friends, the man himself who was on the PWI Top 500, Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Check them out twice on a week. Facebook, the WPAN. It's twice a week, yes. Uh, I think they're just doing twice a week so that they can catch up to our episode count faster because they're up to like 70 now. But they doesn't really count because they do two episodes a week, so... Yeah, well, I mean, our episode count is getting a little bit higher if we actually counted all the other shows that well, we yeah, do. Well, yeah, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Speaking yeah. of our other shows, you uh, mentioned us uh, tomorrow being September in Altroy. What's the uh, ETA on some new episodes of Slasher and uh, and NXT mm. Revisited? So I, so uh, Labor Day is Monday. That puts a little hamper into it. Uh, my work is a little bit more, uh, more, more hectic than I thought it was going to be, but... I'm hoping that next week I should be able to start recording again. And I'm hoping the following week is when we should be able to return with NXT Revisited nice. as well as Glow Stick. Awesome. So look for that in the in the coming weeks here. Head on over to iTunes and give us a four-star review because we don't broadcast live from the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> and well done. 
Thanks to everyone who's listening. Thanks to everyone who watched on YouTube, but there was really nobody. Hey, Kenny was in there. Kenny was hanging out for a while. Yes. Yes. Thanks to Ken Lockhart, who has uh, who this week took over the Lockhart Lounge. You yourself can come on to the show. We we broadcast live every Thursday, seven thirty Central Time, eight thirty. What is you? What are you guys over there again? Pacific, Eastern, whatever the fuck you're. Eastern. Sorry, Eastern. That makes sense because you're over the east. Oh right. So thanks to Kenny. Uh, thanks to Jason. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate it. Thanks to Ray Williams for the logo, and thanks again to Jason for our awesome new theme song. Next week, we've got more of the same. We're bringing it. Most likely, we are bringing it next week. Uh, Look for us to have a little bit more in-depth talk on the the, uh, Mae Young Classic. Troy will have actually watched it. (laughs) We'll actually have watched it, yeah. Um, As long as everyone is cool with the new format, we're going to continue with the Perfect Ten. Uh, if you have any suggestions after the, uh, for topic questions that you think should be be uh, you know brought up on the show, please go ahead and drop us an email or drop us a tweet. And with that, that does it. Jason, take us home. See you next Thursday. Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created by Adam Salzer and this week was produced co-hosted and edited by Jason Stewart. This week's edition was also co-hosted by Troy Bozen. We are a proud charter member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all our shows, including our other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, plus articles, Twitch streams, and more at questanetwork.com. And tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.